PFT Media. Check one, two. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. Check one, two. Hey, hey, hey. International waters. It's choppy out there this time of year. I mean, might as well just call the police now. Be- no, don't please don't call the police. <laughs> Sorry. Well, here we go. We don't have time. The police are now on their way, technically. So we have to get started <laughs> with this week's show. We got a lot to talk about, actually, a whole bunch of shit. And we're gonna start with some uh, quick reviews of movies and and stuff that we've been watching. Uh, d- did you watch The Whistlers? No, I did not get no, to. Okay, I checked. I things. checked out The Whistlers. On Hulu, mm-hmm. um, it is a uh, Romanian crime thriller. Yes, but with some comedy question mark. Okay, because there's some parts that are funny question mark. De- definitely didn't get that from the, the trailer. No, yeah, the, the trailer. It definitely. It's like this is like a crime drama, but everybody whistles. Everybody whistles. No, exactly, and and the whistles mean something. So I was. Yeah, this whole thing of like one whistles is uh means this letter or at this pitch it's this letter and they condense the whole Spanish alphabet down to four whistles. Whoa. Uh, okay. But this one guy's Romanian who's working with the <laughs> Spanish people, okay. learning the whistle language, so they have to account for extra letters. So now you have six whistles, and he's like, okay, no problem. So it's okay. A, <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird movie about a, a cop. It's kind of this part reminds me of The Departed in. Infernal Affairs. It's about a cop. He's a Romanian dude who is working for the mob. Mm-hmm. And uh, like he's working on trying to get one of their dudes out of prison because he knows uh, how much like where this stash of money is being hidden. 
Uh, so he's doing this whole thing under the nose of a supervisor and all that. And they're like, is Yansa me? Are they Yansa? And that kind of thing. <laughs> and then meanwhile, uh, he's being roped into this whole thing of uh, uh, the whistling and using that to uh, pull off this sort of heist. It's a fine enough story. I looked it up to see, is this based on a book? It feels like the type of thing that'd be okay. based on a book. Yeah. Could it? I don't think it was. I think it was written for the screen. And it was okay. It was fine. It was. Is it okay or is it fine? Because if it's fine, then we get into the fine yeah. scale. Is but it, if it's just okay, then it's just okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna put it just. It's just okay. Okay, it's so better than fine. So worth watching because it is well made. It looks great. It has an interesting structure, which to be uh, uh, to admit. Uh, watching it at home and not giving it 100% my full attention because now I'm at home I have my yeah. phone etc etc there were parts where I was like wait what's going on uh-huh. who's yeah. this guy yeah, yeah. Um, well it's also a foreign film so it's not like you're speaking English at times they are though oh, damn it as well as other times <laughs> fuck speaking, you at other times they're speaking Spanish pick a language yeah they. Uh, it, don't flip it up on me like that it goes Romanian to Spanish to occasional if English if I'm watching subtitles I want to watch subtitles if you start speaking English in the middle of my subtitles I'm gonna slap you now my brain's all messed yeah, up I can't yeah, go back and forth exactly it fucks in my head because uh, it's like Spanish characters and Romanian characters the Romanian dude doesn't speak Spanish no. but they both speak English okay, so there you go gotcha. um, things like that happen but anyway it's uh, it's it's pretty good uh, but again, I think it's also a thing where I am not, I know nothing about Romanian mm. movies. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that one we saw about the preacher, that, that Croatian? No, Polish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, uh, there's a strong history, a strong culture of uh, cinema in Poland. Yes. Um, there's a similar one in Romania. I'm sure. Uh, and this guy, this I mean, director. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's not like there is no cinema over there. There's a reason why American companies are going over there and filming. There's already infrastructure. There yes. are people who know what the fuck they are doing. It's yes. not like they have it's just barren. They have the <laughs> yeah, exactly. You don't have to ship over all the cameras. Yeah, and no, no, no. They They're using resources. their shit. Exactly. That is true. Um, they just don't have the same amount of money and no. freedom of resources that, that Hollywood well, and, does. And, and Capitalism. I'm sure, and I'm sure freedom of artistic expression that as well. Mm. I mean, I'm sure the government's a little different over there. And that helps. I am. I, I do know in Europe that a lot of the film production, de- depend. I mean, at least from back in the day, was nationalized. Oh, so. sure. Yeah. Um, Poland, like... F- funds their industry no, exactly. that's what I'm saying yeah you know like the BBC gets government yeah. fucking funds the government's funding it yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely um, so same thing with Canal some... Plus I know that's a, that's government funded over in that's France a, that's a French so, one right yeah, yeah exactly so um is it the same way in Romania? I don't know. This, I don't know. But I know this one director I just, I, is... Uh, I, no, it's interesting. I know yeah. it's a European thing. It's interesting. And yeah. this guy is a guy who's done a number of films that have... Uh, uh, apparently, this is his most like genre-type film, him making a crime thriller. Um, like I would be interested enough to check out these other other Romanian films, Like mm-hmm. obviously, to see what else is going on over there. Uh, but it's about... I feel like I, I don't want to. I can't give us a great review, and I feel like maybe that's on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to say all oh, this movie is it's, it's this movie's fault. I think it's more just a cultural divide, maybe just me giving my attention. I'm just trying to be honest with the movie and my engagement with it, giving it a fair shake. Which you know most people don't do. They just mm-hmm. uh, yeah. so um, the whistlers. It's on Hulu, Hulu. like I said. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you're if you want to see Romanian film, that's r- very accessible, mainstream oh. accessible. Check out a uh, pretty hot sex scene in the beginning. I was like, should I lower the volume? My team is pretty close to the front window is of the this, house. Is this gonna keep going for any longer? Because yeah. if so, people might get the wrong idea. Yeah, I gotta <laughs> I gotta get some storm windows <laughs> in this motherfucker because th- these sounds are leaking right through. 
to my to my very very close neighbors, my very close very new neighbors. Mm. The so I, okay, so I saw that. Uh, I guess we're just doing media diet straight mm. up. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so like I mentioned before, I'm attending the follow through with this. I've seen the first two Lone Wolf and Cubs. I have not seen the rest. There's six of them. They're on HBO Max. So I watched Lone Wolf and Cub. Baby Kurt to Hades. And this is number... Three. Okay. Number two. The first one of the, uh, that... Like, watching it, like, I, I don't remember any of this. Yeah, like, yeah. So... Well, you said because the first two, like, were crammed into one at one point in time. Shogun Assassin. So... Like, this you're one, familiar with the first two. Yeah, so I've seen that, and then I've also seen the separate Lone Wolf and Cub installments mm-hmm. one and two on their own yeah. in the past. Uh, this one, I haven't... Didn't recognize any of it. Uh... And it is just a further adventure of uh, Ag- uh, yeah. of Ogami I- Ito, who uh, just going through the countryside. On the, they're both on the the demon, the demon, the demon way to hell. Cool. Like he has, and that's both him and his son. Like we, we're both doing it. We're both going on the demon path to hell. <laughs> uh, so that's why we're not even human. We're untouchable. And um, he agrees to just take on a mission. So it's just like a side mission movie, yeah. <laughs> you know. And but it does have this cool like watching these things. I mentioned before the blood sprays, the huge, like crazy looking blood spray, like very, this is where Tarantino's getting it from. Well, exactly. The, the the people making Japanese anime, that is what they are animating. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, like insane amounts. Um, And they do it for real with, with the goop. (laughs) This particular one does have one scene where someone, he's slicing people up and they show it in slow motion. Uh, not that slow, but slow motion. I guess they use high speed camera photography and the blood is like extra thick, thick. and goopy. Mm-hmm. So when it's in the air, the way it's lit and it's like a great film preservation yeah. that they're showing it's through a Criterion channel. It looks fake but like fake in a like a CG way yeah like this almost looks like uh, it's a composite of some sort like they did extra work uh, it's just like whoosh, they just yep. throw some paint on a guy in slow motion but it looks great there's some amazing amazing shots in this movie um, and all big Tarantino things so like in Kill Bill volume one for example it builds up to Lucy Liu and the bride having mm-hmm. their face off and they're like standing in that little courtyard drawing swords and like posing down as the music builds up like that is as long as the fight itself mm-hmm. and then the fight ends abruptly <laughs> uh, uh, the, like the main fight that this movie builds up to it's the same thing it's a long build up it's very intense and what happens is like kind of quick two then, slashes done <laughs> but, then, but then the guy dies in like spectacular fashion uh, it's like whoa uh, but then he doesn't uh, die right away and then he tells a story about him going on a mission where he kills a whole bunch of people <laughs> so then we see that and like while this guy is dying he tells a story of people dying uh, it's like a climax within the climax it's some weird shit man I really enjoyed it so climax inception yes it's Climaxception. Uh so that's on HBO Max I'm, I'm so glad that thing HBO Max exists now I was already paying the same price and now I have so much more stuff on it um, for example Perry Mason. Yes. Ep6. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's some yes. good stuff. He's Dude, a, I mean... He's in the court now, he's, man. He's he's a lawyer. <laughs> now, Perry Mason's the lawyer. <laughs> yeah, but now he has to learn. Like, well, no, exactly. Uh, yeah. He's getting... Um, the ins and outs. He's getting objection left and right from uh, from well, Stephen Root. He's got, he, he's got to learn how to lawyer, <laughs> and he, he has to teach Shea Wiggum how to be him. So... Yes, that's... <laughs> I'm loving that. I'm loving all the Shea Wiggum stuff. <laughs> I love it. He, he's... Always a uh, value added to any yeah, situation. Anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's great. Um, he came from the same pool of um, 
like actors and writers, directors as David Gordon Green, Danny McBride, Paul Schneider. Uh, they were making all, all these movies together in the Carolinas, and he came up through them, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he being Perry Mason, it's it's interesting to see where like it's a pretty transparent, right? It starts the show starts with him. He's drunk. He's a bum. Everyone looks down on him. Now he's a lawyer. So his stubble is like a little... <laughs> it's a little, little bit cleaner. It's a little tighter, a little cleaner. It's still there. Yep. So obviously and, we're and, trying and, to get... And, and now he's not wearing a dirty hat. He's got a clean hat. Yes, his clothes are cleaner. <laughs> uh, what's her name? She's taking it to the cleaners for him. Yeah, yeah, He's not smoking cigarettes in the alleyway anymore. Just staring off into nothing, going, yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's having some problems. The, um, it's interesting. Obviously what they're going to do is then eventually get him to the point where he's like the smooth... Mm-hmm. Dapper uh, Perry Mason. I mean, I, in charge. I really hope that it's going to be a couple seasons because oh yeah, I I, I, li- I like Perry Mason begins. Yeah. <laughs> Frank Miller's Perry Mason begins. Some people don't. <laughs> My mom doesn't like it. She's watching the show, but also she doesn't like this actor. Apparently, Matthew, Matthew Reese. Reese. He was in Americans and something else, and she is like, I don't like him in anything. He's always he always plays a, a bum and a slouch and like a sad sack guy. And I was like, oh, okay. I haven't seen the other shows. Yeah. I was like, okay, sure. I mean, he. I mean, I knew he was from the Americans, but I didn't watch it. I, he was. Yeah, I didn't watch. He was fine in uh, Mr. Rogers' movie. Where he is kind of a slouchy, almost sad sack kind of guy. Yes, he is. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Your mom's on to something there. What was the other thing she didn't like uh, because of an actor? There was something else. She was like, I don't like that actor. I was like, all right, I guess, I, I guess that's it for that show. You're not watching the show. <laughs> um, that's I also watch on HBO. Uh, I got a podcast to recommend to people. You might even like it, especially because it's short. But here's the topic. <laughs> All right. It's an eight-episode podcast, about 40 minutes or so per episode, and it's called Wind of Change, okay. and it's about the Scorpions song, Wind of Change, mm-hmm. which uh, is from like 1989-90, right after the Berlin Wall fell, they wrote that song. Um, and the podcast is about running down the rumor, which started from within the CIA, that the CIA wrote Wind of Change and put it out as like propaganda against the as the Iron Curtain goes up and the Soviet Union mm-hmm. is falling to help oh. instill democracy in the East with the the Scorpions. <laughs> with the Scorpion? Yeah. The Scorpion. Of the Scorpions. The Scorpions. <laughs> and, but it's yes. <laughs> it sounds absurd. When I heard about this podcast, it was the first time I heard about this yeah. supposed rumor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it is eight episodes of like Interviewing people, it's an investigative journalist who does all I mean, the I work. Wouldn't, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if the CIA at some point in time did use quote unquote did use American popular culture to try to influence what was going on in the Eastern Bloc. Uh, this, this, so that's what this show that, becomes about. That completely in my head. But did they write <laughs> yes. Wind of Change? How deep and, does it go? And, and make the Scorpions before? No, fuck that shit. So they, <laughs> so they talk about. Paying Louis Armstrong to do a pro-democracy, pro-America tour in the 30s. And Louis Armstrong going over there and being like, man, like, fuck it over there. They treat black people like shit. It sucks. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, whoa, you're not doing it right. So they got upset yeah. by that. Uh-huh. Um, Marlene Dietrich came over from Germany. And then she uh, openly, because she was a Nazi, uh, you know, anti-Nazi, all that shit, rejected, fleeing the Nazi regime. Um she openly works with the CIA to like write songs yeah. and do that stuff. Well, that I understand. <laughs> right, exactly. So that's right in line. Uh, and this was also pre-CIA. This was actually OSS yeah. when they were before. Yeah. Um, and then the 
Nina Simone gets this big trip to Africa where she works with this uh, like uh, pro African group. Well, yeah, but once again, Nina Simone is a black American, so she doesn't like America so much. No, 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 exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but this was a different, uh, somewhat a different operation. But the, the point of that is being that uh, the AA learns their lesson and they don't tell Nina Simone that they're working with her. They use a front to work with her. That's to, a smarter causes, smarter way of doing it. Um, <laughs> a whole bunch of examples like that then leading up to uh, and also who was it Eisenhower talking about the invisible hand of the CIA and mm-hmm. how it has to work culturally so that the American public doesn't know they're being influenced he very openly wrote about that yeah. um, so it becomes a lot about that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it becomes about CIA uh, like tradecraft and, and how they yeah. do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's, it's super cool yeah. and fascinating well done it's like produced mm-hmm. so it's not just like us like we're just bumbling idiots like they there's like scripts and stuff, and they know what they're doing. Uh, wouldn't have changed. Like I highly, highly recommend. We should have. We should have listened to Eisenhower. He gave us a speech on his way out. Eisenhower knew a lot of stuff. He was very. <laughs> he, he was, was like, trying to warn. Beware us. the military-industrial complex. Yeah, he, he, Forty he, years later, <clears throat> what? He was trying. He was trying to warn us. Um. Now I started reading a book. Uh, if people are interested in this topic, it's worth reading. It's called What's the full title? It's called White Too Long by uh, Robert P. Jones. The full title is White Too Long, The Legacy of White Supremacy in American Christianity. Dude, White Jesus, case in point. Why Jesus? <laughs> Jesus Jesus was probably the most un-Caucasian man to ever have walked the earth. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Yeah, picture Wesley Snipes walking on water. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it'd be easier to, I mean, yeah, 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 100%. Jesus was the ultimate daywalker. No, I mean he was. Jesus was a daywalker. I mean, yeah, he was. Was he a licking? A like? A leak? A leak? A lichen? A leaking? Leeching? A lichen? No, not not a lichen. He was uh, a. Leech. He was a lich. A lich. A lich. Yes. Because yeah. he's died. Uh huh. Rose again, uh-huh. but not undead. No. Real alive. Real alive. No. He's a he's a Frankenstein monster of sorts, but not reassembled. No. He's like, what? Well, we just shocked a full body. Why didn't Why didn't uh, Doctor Frankenstein just get a full body instead of piecing it together? I mean, I guess it's explained in the book. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I, I never, never actually read it. <laughs> <laughs> I've only seen the <laughs> typical Americans. Um, but I am reading this book, Wait Too Long, and it does go specifically. It's very textbooky. It's very academic. This guy is um, uh, it, it, it's, it says on the jacket he like a PhD in the, the theological studies I mean, from Emory. The way I say, you don't even you. All you need is a little bit of logic and a little bit of science. No, it's not even about <laughs> logic and science. No, it's about history. It's about the southern the the, the birth of the Southern Baptists in yeah. eighteen forty five. The the using the religious text to um, uh, uphold chattel chattel. How do you say mm-hmm. chattel chattel chattel, chattel mm-hmm. slavery? Um, the the lack of acknowledging that history for so long and then finally acknowledging it but not doing anything about it and the whole Christian thing of like, oh, I I asked for forgiveness. She says, you're forgiven. Okay, then I move on. That doesn't work with uh, racial reparations. You know, do you forgive us for forgiving? Okay, let's move on. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you still got to, there's still repayment. There's still actions that have to be taken. Uh, it's interesting. He uses some of his personal life and anecdotes to add a little bit of flavor. A little bit of juice to it, but it's mostly just like here's a pretty thorough explanation of how uh, Christianity in America got so intertwined with um, 
obsessed with white supremacy, how the Catholic Church was also crazy racist. Has been Has since been the dawn. Yep. <laughs> they brought that to America. They So people equate like, oh, yeah, sure, Southern churches, Southern no. Baptists. It's like, no, there's, there's stories about the, the Catholic Church's crazy actions in, like, Brooklyn and stuff like that. So, um, like, literally uh, a dude, like a dude on the a priest with a whip on uh, the steps of his church would be like, hey, no blacks coming into this church yes like it does not surprise yeah, me yeah it's fucked up <laughs> um the uh but the catholics the way they got themselves intertwined with um the baptists and what the book refers to as mainline protestant protestantism which mm-hmm. evangelicals yeah. like came out of that's like my yeah. upbringing right that protestantism the way they integrated and got accepted as american christianity because up until this point they were not they were like that weird european catholic yeah. shit mm-hmm. um abortion rights abortion issue ah uh, yeah oh interesting yeah that's how the catholics got in that's how they got in that's how they got in the good graces of the rest of the uh the 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 uh, new world christianity oof. per se yeah that gross stuff yeah. by getting into uh, so it all comes yeah. together in interesting ways mm-hmm. and when this guy just stood back did all the research put it all together i'm part way through the book it is very like academic like yeah. the chapter ends with conclusion and then huh. like you know well, like, yeah you know but uh it's it's good. But yeah, there's no way Jesus, new. Jesus was not white anywhere near whatsoever. No, but there is a white Jesus, and he fled to the suburbs once the blacks started moving in. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's my that's my media diet for the week. Uh, how about you, Drew? Uh, yeah, so uh, I can, uh, there was a sale on the Microsoft Store on anime. Oh, yeah? So I got, uh, I got to watch some movies for only a dollar. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, start off with Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. Okay. Uh, it's the... When, dir- when did this come out? Uh, 2004. And it's the uh, direct sequel to Ghost in the Shell. Okay. Uh, done by the same guy. Okay. Uh, so, uh, the it's probably the best 2D, 3D mix of animation I've ever seen in my life. Oh, interesting. <laughs> interesting. Uh, and I understand why people really don't talk about this movie, because... Every- when you think Ghost in the Shell, you think one character. Yeah, major. major. Yeah. Well, at the end of Ghost in the Shell... I was like, kind of thinking of the dude with the, the eyes, the big well, guy with the crazy eyes. Well, but remember, at the end of the first Ghost in the Shell, Major pulls a Lucy for all intents and purposes. Correct, yeah. So, yeah. you know, she's... yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm everything now. So, so I'm in... Ghost I'm, in the I'm Shell too, there's, there's, there's no Major, which mm-hmm. is why nobody talks about it. Because it doesn't have the same hook. Yeah, exactly. So is it more of an ensemble? Oh, uh, no. It, or is it, it followed as a different No, person? we're following the dude with the eyes. Doing, we're following so, the eye guy. And, I and, like eye guy. And it's basically... Uh, he's a good side a dete- it, Instead of it being sci-fi and philosophy, mm-hmm. it's more of a detective drama and philosophy. So okay. so, so, think law, right. so think Law and Order goes to the show. Yeah, yeah. Huh. So still good? Oh, yeah. Just not as good. I mean, I would I would say equally as good, but for different reasons. Interesting. Okay. All right. Well, then. Shit. Only because it expand it re- expands on the hard philosophy from the first ones. Yeah. Uh, and the like the anime. I've, I've never seen anything. I really, really wish people would get back to two D animation. Yeah, those two D looks. Because awesome. I've been watching two D animation for a while now, and. The ninth stuff from 1990 and ni- in between 1990 and 1999 from Japan yeah. is the best 2D animation that has ever been produced on this earth. And it looks it all looks better than like the DC stuff we've been oh, watching from the last. Oh 10 my years. god, it looks so good! Yeah, it makes it look like the cheap stuff that. Well, it and is. The, and the reason why is because it's just it's kind of like 
they treat them just like movies, like the you know the the big panels that they use as background. Yeah. they're fucking hand painted. Oh, true, and they're yeah. fucking gorgeous. Yeah, the the so, matte paintings yeah. and stuff. Yeah, so. that's, that's very true. It's the same thing as they use for live action. Yeah, from a time period. Exactly. It so. should blend in better when you do an animated movie. Yeah, it that's does. Yeah. It's so true. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. That is awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. So highly highly recommend that. Uh, but you watch these via the Microsoft Store because they're all on sale and it stuff? It was on sale, yes. Right, so I wonder if this... So is it, right now, Ghost in the Shell 2, quote, colon, Innocence is not streaming. Okay, So gotcha. you have to rent it somewhere or do a buy it yourself or work to find whatever. It. I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then on Netflix, uh, because I just watched that Ghost in the Shell and I had nothing else to do, mm-hmm. uh, there's a series called Arise, colon, Ghost in the Shell. And it's uh, all... Uh, it's, it's basically... Ghost in the Shell light for in all intents and purposes. In what way? Uh, almost zero philosophical yeah. concept. Yeah. And it, it's basically just an, an action show. All plot and yeah. just looking for people mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Looking uh-huh. for the yeah. identities, people's real identities. Looking for identities and ghosts and robots. Yeah, they're and, in the machine. Exactly. Like, oh, that's, yeah, because mm-hmm. it's a title, guys. Yes. So not as good. No. Can't no. recommend it, really. There, there are three of those that I watched, and uh, for a dollar, they had... Uh, Ghost in the Shell, colon, the new movie, which I didn't do any research on before I watched it, and it's just a movie in the Arise world. So uh, On Netflix also? No, no, that was, I paid a dollar for that. So that was separate. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm angry weird. I paid the dollar. Wow. It's <laughs> only a dollar. To, I mean, to, if, Can't it, get much if, for it, if it was on a streaming service, yeah. I could, like, Justify that's it. why I don't, that's why it didn't bother me watching those three one-hour Arise movies. They're not all that good, yeah. but it, they're already there on Netflix. You're already paying it, for it. It's, it's there. there. Yeah. So, but you paid a separate dollar yes. for that other thing. Yes. Not as good. No. Okay. So we got the hierarchy. Goes in the shell too. Good. Arise. Eh. And then Arise movie. What's it called? Ghost in the Shell. Colon. The new movie. The new movie. That's, see, that's a bad title. Yes. You should have known from that I right have. there. You're right. I should have. <laughs> the new movie. <laughs> We've officially have given up. Uh, also watched uh, for a dollar. This was this was worth the dollar, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, the reason I watched it is because the same guys who did Afro Samurai, but it's called Bayonetta: Colon Bloody Fate. Oh, that's got a cool title. Uh, it's based on a video game. Okay, which I know nothing about, okay. so I don't really care about that. It's Japanese, right? Yes. Obviously, it's an anime. Uh, it sounds like a Jap cool it's, feat. It, it's an action-packed, thin plot. And it's basically just, uh, there's a sexy witch who's got four pistols. Two of them on her hands, two of them on her feet, and she kills a bunch of angels. All right, so we got an an angel-killing witch. Good versus evil, but but flipped, basically. But because what you'd think would be the evil witch is the witch is the good because the angels are bad. Because they're angels. Have you read about an angel in the in the Bible? They're terrifying. Yeah, yeah. And uh, oh, we got like wings made of eyes. We're and... we're, a, we're about to go way into that. Oh, okay. Interesting. <laughs> All right, that's a good answer. So uh, in high school uh, on Toonami, I used to watch a show, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Mm-hmm. Uh, I it was just kind of on. I never really watched. I didn't. I just kind of watched it. Didn't really watch it per se. It. Sure, yeah, yeah. I was just like, ooh, big robots. Waiting okay. for the robots to yeah, do stuff. Yeah, exactly. Waiting for robots to do stuff. Yeah, sure. Yeah, uh, but I actually thing. sat down and watched the entire series. The whole series? Mm-hmm. Neon Genesis? Yes, 26 episodes, 22 minutes each. Holy cow. Uh, so the first 12 episodes are pretty lame. Uh, it's basically, you know, giant robots and then uh, Japanese teen drama. So okay. the things I don't... all. 
the, the half of most animes that I don't like. Yeah, sure. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's always it's just it's Japanese. It is what it is. It's a genre. Exactly. Yeah, it's like it's like what you said. It's what you expect from a lot of these shows. Yes, which is why I don't watch them. Exactly. Uh, episodes thirteen on, mm-hmm. it turns it it goes. It starts with you know a little bit of uh, Judeo Christian. Imagery and ideology, okay. uh, just the way that the universe is built, and they, you know, these things are called angels, and they have three AI that are called the three wise men, and they're named after them. Okay. So a lot of this stuff relies on Christian imagery. Uh, but the last four episodes, uh, the last fourteen episodes, mm-hmm. it goes from that to weird robots with all of this um, Judeo-Christian imagery. We've got uh, stuff that uh, things like you know Ender's Game. Uh, so, you know, that sort of weird philosophy of yeah. sacrificing the children for the greater good and yeah. them doing all the work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got, there's an episode called Hedgehog's Dilemma. So, you know, do you, are, are you familiar? The Hedgehog's Dilemma, I used to know. Uh, it's about uh, wanting um, a to touch, physical touch. Wanting to be close to somebody, but, but you can't because being of afraid the, of yeah. hurting them. Yeah, because of your so, yeah, the spikes. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of that going on, both literal and physical. Um, it's like like Jesus had a hedgehog's dilemma. We, we've got it's like I want to love you, but then I bring you back from the dead, and then you're a zombie. Lots of stuff on loneliness. Uh, the last two episodes are uh, are a mixture of I Heart Huckabee's horror anime and some sort of Lynchian mind fuck. Wow, that sounds like fun. So it is. It was weird. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, apparently, uh, the fans weren't big on the ending. Because there were no robots. The, the ending is basically all inside of the main character's head. Okay. So, like I said, Lynchian nightmare. Yeah. Lo- lots of weird animation. None of, or like very, a, very little of it makes sense, but like they're a, talking about really deep philosophical things. Like a John Cena WrestleMania match. Yes, like a John Cena <laughs> WrestleMania match. Like, basically, the last two episodes are in the Red Room. No, that's not good. <laughs> you don't want to be in the Red Room? So, um, <laughs> it's really crazy. So apparently to uh, deal with that, they made a movie afterwards that is basically just bloody robot battles. So later today, I'm going to watch that because I didn't have time. Okay. So it sounds sounds like it was worth it to get through the first 12 episodes. If you can bear through the first 12 episodes, it all pays off in weird insanity. Wow. May have to get around to that. Yeah. That's from the 90s, right? Yes. Was that on? It was on Toonami. On Toonami. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because I did the same thing. I also cri- mixed it up with Gundam just because big robots. Well, no, yeah, but this is big robots and Christian imagery. So all of the quote unquote angels, like like you were talking, yeah. like, like the descriptions of the angels from the Bible. Yeah, they took those literal oh, that's a, and that's animated. A, that's them. scary. That's not good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's why they're the monsters. Yeah, they're beasts, and that's why we're trying to kill them. <laughs> I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna have to watch this. Yeah, no, it it, it is it is bonkers. It sounds cool. It sounds. It was good. a lot of fun. All right. Uh, also watched uh, The Last Dance on Netflix. Yes. So, uh, watched yes, that whole yes. thing. That Speaking was of uh, fucking riveting. Demon monsters. Yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan's not a demon monster. Nah, he's fine. He, he was just he was just willing to win at any cost. At all Literally costs. any cost. Pretty much pretty much all in any cost. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. And that, that's dedication. It's entertaining as hell. It is. That fucking show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was really good. I enjoyed that. Uh, Thank you, Netflix, for grabbing that and put it out there for us. Exactly. Because I ain't got no goddamn Espen. Uh, Especially now there are no sports. Sports are starting back up. Rather get shut down. On the Nintendo <laughs> Switch, I played a game Ooh. called Dex. D 
D-E-X. Okay. It's a side-scrolling, third-person action-adventure RPG. Is that what you were playing that time it came over and yes. you had a side-scroller up? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. It's basically Ghost in the Shell, the video game, <laughs> for all intents and purposes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, I also read some comic books. Nice. Uh, Scott Snyder of uh, Batman and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, he has a new stu- uh, a new comic uh, out through Image, so it's his, you know, it's creator-owned. Uh, it's called Undiscovered Country. Okay. So think, uh, so it, it, near future, uh, America has sealed its borders. Okay. So now, <clears throat> current day. Complete blackout for 200 years. Whoa, okay. That's a long time. Now, the world's ending. There's a giant virus out there that's making people cry cry blue. They call it the sky virus. Okay. They, they say the sky's falling for whatever reason. I don't know. Okay, because uh, it sounds pretty. And a, uh, a message comes from America saying, blah, 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 blah. We have a cure for the sky virus. Send some people. So, a team goes in mm-hmm. for the first time in 300 years. Yeah, into and, America. Uh, wackiness ensues. Because it's a closed off America that's evolved on its own. Uh, it's, uh, it's like the North Korea of America. Mad Max meets Eats of West. There is heavy sci-fi, time dilation, mutants, gravitational anomalies, wow. weird interdimensional trains. Nice. All wrapped up in uh, in America. That sounds and, fun. Uh, yeah, the first, the first, the first one. People say live free or die, and mean it literally. Like, in the most literal sense possible. Like, I will live free. Or you will die. Or you will die. Okay. It's fucking bonkers. It is a lot of fun, and I am looking forward so is it, uh, to the next couple of years of reading this. Like what, so is it? It's, a, it's currently ongoing. Yes, currently ongoing. So what have you read? I read book one. So the first, I read the, the first, first story collection. arc. So okay. it's the first, whatever, six or seven comics gotcha. collected. Nice. Okay, so, very cool. So that's out there. Scott Snyder, man. Out there. Out there, it's out there doing it. Out there doing it, yeah. And this is, uh, you know, one of... His own inventions. It, this cool. isn't, you know, him doing Superman or him doing Batman. Yeah. This is which is fun, obviously. Which, which is always fun. But yeah. This is where I like seeing when people can tell really good stories with an already good character. Yeah. It makes me wonder what characters are coming up with them in their own head and, and what can do it. And then you have uh, less um, like preconceived notions and parameters. You can do more things with your characters than you're making up because yeah. people are more willing to go along with the ride. Mm-hmm. I don't see Batman kill, but if you come up with another man, call him Owlman, he can kill all the motherfuckers he wants. Exactly. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm really interested to see where this is going to go. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Okay. I'm, I'm looking forward to reading your old copies. Yes. Uh, and also, uh, I got in from Dark Horse Comics. Okay. Uh, the World of Cyberpunk 2077. So uh, this was supposed to be a com- this was supposed to be a companion piece to the video game because mm-hmm. the video game was originally supposed to come out in April. Right. And they already had all the information in the book, and the book was supposed to come out a couple months after the game as a supplemental as piece. a supplemental piece. But since the game got pushed back, they decided, fuck it, we'll just put it out anyway. I mean, yeah, why delay the book? They already exactly. got copies sitting around. So, People pre-ordered it. So, yeah. So, it was basically, uh, you know, a big, like, 100-page deep dive into the world of cyberpunk. You get, you know, backstory. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you get a little bit of history of the world, history of the uh, current United States that the game mm-hmm. plays in. You know, you, you get to learn about some of the characters, some of the gangs, some of the things that you'll be 
interacting with for hundreds of hours while playing the game. When it eventually, eventually comes, comes out. out. Which is when? 2076 November. it comes out? No, November. comes out. <laughs> okay, November. this year. <laughs> yes. Okay, good. <laughs> if it's coming out in November, does that mean it's for the... What is going to be the last generation? Well, like, it's, like, so it, com- it comes out for the fours so and it, not the fives. It, it comes out for the fours. Yeah, in November. Yeah, when the fives come out, it's going to come out a couple months after for the fives. Yeah, and then the way it works, if so, uh, let's. I haven't pre-ordered for Xbox One. Hmm. I'll play on the Xbox One if I ever decide to buy an Xbox, whatever the fuck they call it, when that comes out. When Cyberpunk 2077 comes out for that console, yeah. as long as I have my receipt, I get a free copy. Okay. For the new console. Okay. Good to know. So Good to know for people. Um, so it's a good book? You enjoyed it? Yes. I enjoyed it. Well, I read the whole thing already. read the whole thing already? Yeah. yeah. It was a fun little dive. Get you a little more pumped for a game? Yes, it did. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what most of the anime that I've been watching in all reality has been doing. It's just getting me pumped for this it's, fucking game it's, it's that's not the, here yet. It's filling the cyberpunk hole in your life that's exactly. that, supposed to be here. Yes, that's supposed to be here now that <laughs> isn't. <laughs> so that's what that's why you need the, yeah, that's what yeah. you gotta do sometimes. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta uh fill in the gaps yourself. <laughs> Find it. this is reasonable uh, facsimile this, for now, I guess. Or you know, sometimes just a scratch at it. Or or exactly, or sometimes I watch Twelve episodes of an anime show, and I'm about to be like, "Oh my god, fuck it!" And be like, "Whoa, wait, wait, what?" Oh, then, then finally something the happens. The fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> finally, something happens. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Anything else? No, that's it. That's it. All right. That's some that good, my media That's some good stuff there. That's a nice, nice mix of things. Uh, oh shit, we got that. All right, we're good to go. Get that set up. Uh, let's see. We're we're approaching uh, midway through the show. Uh, let's take some phone calls. It's uh, phone number is one eight hundred five 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 film. That's one hundred five 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 film. Let's see, caller, you're on the air. Nope, nope. Hold on a second. I, I, nope. Hold on, I can get this. Caller, you're on the air. No, hold on a second. Oh, I got this new system. One eight hundred five 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 film. Is that the right number? Uh, here we go. Yes, from Wyoming, sir. Damn it. Well, we'll get that fixed in during the break. Then we'll take your calls in the second half of the show. We'll get your opinions. Uh, I guess you can also text us. What's in your media diet? Uh, dial one for yes, two for no, and we'll know how you're feeling. Uh, in the second half, we have a lot of... We got some comments in the Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We got emails. Mm-hmm. I got news stories. Sure, mm-hmm. I have so many news stories. We got to talk about Wrestling Peace, Wilford Brimley. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's jump into it right after this break.
we return to the show. Juicy Cogburn. Chris Crespo. Uh, people can email us, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com. And when they do so, we will read it on the show. Just like it is. Got an email from Gabe. What's up, Gabe? He's uh, the man. Entitled TV for me. Ooh. Okay, what's your TV? What, what's the TV for you, Gabe? Trigger warning with Killer Mike review. Ooh, I've been meaning to watch this. You've seen this, right, Drew? Uh, not, not all of it. Not all of it. Watched a couple of episodes. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 he's militantly black in this. Yes, I'm, so <laughs> I'm fine with that. It, it, I like it. it. It can be a little jarring at times if you are not prepared. I, <laughs> I'm listening to that presence. I'm ready. Uh, it's Killer Mike's beliefs mixed with hilarious comedy, but a weird TV satire. I've never seen it done like this. It's entertaining, but still informative. Okay. It's a crazy watch. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get on it. I'll uh, add it to my neon Genesis list. Uh, Middleditch and Schwartz completely improvised comedy specials. Tom Middleditch and Ben Schwartz? It's, it's just Middleditch and Schwartz. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. Episode one review. A two-man stage show of improv. A slow build that really gets going once they draw in the characters. Okay. It only works visually as they have no run to... As they have to run two spots to identify as a character. Oh, I got you. It's a fun 60-minute watch, at least this first episode. Okay. All right. I'm not the biggest Thomas Middleditch fan. Neither am I. Yeah. Ben Schwartz I, is okay. I did enjoy his uh, fake internet beef with Patrick Stewart for that little bit, though. Was hilarious. Oh, that's funny. Especially because Patrick Stewart kept calling him Middle Bitch. Oh, listen, Middle Bitch. Exa- oh, God, it's so good. <laughs> it's, it's just as good as hearing Ray Fine say fuck. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, good for Patrick Stewart for being so cool to help out a, a middle ditch type who apparently uh, uh, Mr. Uh, sex Party oh. he, he's all about it Okay, he's all about that eyes wide shut lifestyle good for him yeah. he, look, he looks like a weirdo he does look so. like a weirdo that uh the what's that show the Silicon Valley mm-hmm. I got him and opened some doors for him those I'm HBO sure. doors opened yeah, up yeah. for him uh-huh. and he's, he's not the best looking dude so I'm sure it's not like he got laid a lot in high school or college hell no he's making up for lost lead time mm-hmm I'm still trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you and me both, bud. Uh, Gabe also uh, gave us another email. What up, Gabe? Entitled, Hunkering for Isaiah. All right, here we go. Let's hear it. Future Man Review. Yeah, he's, in, he's down the coast down there. Yeah. yeah. He probably got whipped a little bit more than we are right here. Definitely. Future Man? Future Man. I've heard of this. Uh, it's on Hulu, and I noticed they changed stuff on the home screen. I'm still PS3, but I wonder if it changes across platforms for people. Yeah. Yes, I guarantee you. Everything changed. All those little boxes are different for every single person who watch. Like, I'm sure, like, the algorithm says, this person might want to watch this, so put it in their face. I think he means the actual interface. Oh. Because. Oh, they're all different. No, but I mean, emails went out this week uh, that Hulu, we've updated our interface. Our legendarily bad interface has been updated to something less bad. Have they? Yeah. Nothing changed on mine. Yours doesn't change? No. Yeah, mine changed. My Netflix changed. Your Netflix changed? My Netflix has not changed. Yeah. Oh, my Netflix changed like a motherfucker. Oh, really? Mine's been the same for for years now. No. Yours is different? My different. Oh, Way different. Get out of here. So instead of... So it starts... Instead of the with, rows? It starts with all those little rows. Yeah. But every time you go to the row, instead of it just like selecting it and like saying the name, mm-hmm. now this whole thing expands mm-hmm. to where like it starts showing... It's got like a little thing there and it gives a short description of what it is, but it's like it goes from small to like this huge banner automatically can't change it. Oh. Yeah. 
That makes slowly scrolling a pain in the ass. You can't slowly scroll because every time, every time, every time you, you stop, every time you get to the next one, every time you select the next one, it, it expands. Ugh. Yes, it is. It is awful. Can't wait for my update. <laughs> can't wait. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, so it's on Hulu, and I know that I'm still PS3, but running for changes. Uh, Still shit when navigating buttons and loading streaming. Still has obnoxious repeating commercials. Mm-hmm. But new lipstick on a pig of it. But new lipstick on this pig of an app mm-hmm. on the Future Man. It's a fun show to keep on in the background. I like that it is self-deprecating and self-aware at times. Okay, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I'm at, I'm at around episode eleven out of thirty something, and an episode includes a man sucking his own mother's titty. After taking nitrous. See, Fun. That sentence could have gone so many different places when he said, a man sucking his own. I was like, here we go. <laughs> Where's it going to be? His own mother's, mother's titty. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> mother's what? 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 Yeah. Titty. It's almost a letdown when he gets that. <laughs> it's like, oh, he could have gone so many places with it. Uh, National Bird Review. National Bird. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was trying to find a quick watch for dinner after the Miami Heat season opener, scuttled over to Netflix's directed by women section and found this documentary. Okay. It follows three former U.S. soldiers involved with the drone program. It's a really slow, deliberate look at how the soldiers were affected on the on the back end of the war. Oh, like PTSD for the drone flyers? The psychological and legal ramifications of speaking out. They could have been like 15 minutes chopped because the classification stuff couldn't be talked about, hmm. but it really sucked me in anyways. Hmm. It's a good watch if you need a documentary fix. Nice. Uh, that sounds like it would be a good double feature with the Errol Morris film Standard Operating Procedure. A very good uh, uh, look at military government malfeasance. Uh, good stuff. Sweet. All right. Is that it for game? No, he's that yep. more, right? No, that's that's it. it? All right, thanks, Gabe, for the emails. I think that's it for the emails. Like I said, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and you can hit us up. There's patreon.com slash crespediso. New episodes every week. We just released our epic look at the Golden Child. That's right. Chandler Yarrell's battle with Tywin Tywin Lannister. Which Lannister is he? Tywin. Tywin. I think. Uh, fantastic movie, fantastic episode. The one who died on the shitter. The one who died on the shitter. With the arrow and, in his chest. And that's not a golden <laughs> child spoiler. Although we did sort of have a dagger chest moment in this one. <laughs> of sorts. The ultimate way to take him out. How does he die in Last Action Hero? Uh, does just get blown up or thrown off a building? I can't recall. So, this week's episode is uh, an 80s throwback for sure. I won't say the name of it, but I will say I have the power. So... <laughs> That's not a dead giveaway. Uh, that's a dead giveaway. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Crespity. So sign up today and check out all those awesome episodes. We got new ones coming every Friday. Um, all right. Let's see if I fix this phone system. 1888. I guess I'm going to have the wrong number. 1888. You know how they, get, they ran out of 800 numbers? Oh, I'm such an idiot. 1888555. Film. Here we go. Call her. You're on the air. Damn it. I, th- I think instead of hit- hitting the pickup button, you're hitting the hang-up Oh! <laughs> okay, Okay, guys, listen. Call in. We'll, we'll have that figured out for, for the finally. So we'll rest in paradise. Wilfred Brimley, I just want to throw this out there real quick. Um, of course, best known in America probably for being diabetes guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at this point in time, yeah, the diabetes commercials and saying diabetes. Yeah, he, <laughs> he even like... Uh, ran with that and leaned yep. into it. He did. Uh, Do you have the diabetes? Because I have the diabetes. I have a diabetes. You got diabetes <laughs> like me. Um, it was in Cocoon. It was a big role mm-hmm. for him. 
in some of our own circles, you best know him as Dr. Blair in The Thing. And uh, he passed. He passed away from 83, I think, or 85, something like that. Uh, kidney disease, essentially. Mm. Uh, he's been on dialysis for a while. Um, but he was active on Twitter. And he had a tweet yesterday. <laughs> and this is his final tweet. At Real Wolford B. Uh, he retweeted himself, quote tweeted himself from three days ago. What would be my wrestler name? Mm-hmm. And then he said, here are popular choices. Popular choices included Underquaker. Because he's a Quaker Oats guy. Yeah. Brimstone. Okay. That's pretty yeah. good. Uh-huh. Kilford Brimley. Ooh, I like that one. That's good. And finally, the Diabestus. Ooh, for the win right <laughs> for there. For the win. <laughs> hashtag WWE, hashtag Wilford Wrestling Entertainment. That was his final tweet. July 31st, 642 p.m. That's a good final tweet. He went out pretty good in a blaze of self-deprecating glory. Good for him. Um... Cinema Crespity So Facebook group. You can join the group. And I put up a comment slash question thread that you can utilize to get your voice out there in a sort of uh, popular voices Nowhere near section. Possible. Nope. Uh, uh, Nobody cares. Nobody's listening. No one cares. No one's listening. So here <laughs> we go. This week's comment thread includes questions such as... Uh, this is from Joshua Brutal Jewel. What up, Josh? Uh, do you think the Avatar sequels are going to restart the series or do you think it's too late this really few sequel that is taking this long yeah. besides Tron films that was 10 years in between well Tron no Tron was even more Tron was 82 Tron Legacy 2008 2010 that's a long time that's a long time the more further part your sequels are going to be the harder it's going to be, especially when you're working in pop culture and you're trying to get something that's zeitgeisty and captures people's imagination. Um, Avatar did it, but for a short period of time. Yeah. So for them to be coming back now, well, I mean, so when, Avatar later, for, when Avatar came out, that was <clears throat> 2009. Well, yeah. And I mean, almost 10 years ago and people thought it was going to change movies forever. Everything's going to be 3d now forever. Always. Yeah. And then they push out a bunch of bad 3d and nobody gave. Yeah. And then they were died. like, this is just a dumb gimmick that yep. it is. Yeah. yeah. And the whole thing died. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Can it? Obviously, Cameron put all his eggs in these baskets. Oh, yeah. uh, they're making three of them at the same time, or at least two of them at the same time. I don't know. We'll see, I keep seeing a lot of people online like they don't seem to care for it. But then when they start releasing trailers, I if mean, he can't even go to movies, I mean, we're talking December 2022. Yeah. If we're alive. Yep. If we're alive, if movie theaters even exist. Exists. If the United States of America is still a thing, I don't know. That's an election away. <laughs> Things are bad, bad, bad. Woo. So uh, we'll see. It's, a, it's an interesting question, though, obviously, that we're going to have to wrestle with for the next couple of years because it got delayed due to the COVID production dis- uh, uh, delays. Mm-hmm. You know, they were able to pick up filming again in New Zealand, but a lot of their post-production stuff is happening in L.A. where things are still on big lockdowns. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, he also asks, do you think Star Wars would have been as successful if it was released in film order? I guess like chronological mm-hmm. order? Nah. No. Nah, no one were, would have given a fuck yeah. about the Phantom Menace. Uh, yeah, because those stories weren't built that way, right? And then, man, yeah. Who cares about Anakin? The nope. only reason you care about Anakin... Because you care about Darth Vader. Yes, and you know he's going to become yeah. Darth Vader. Uh, so without Darth Vader... You don't give a fuck about this stupid, whiny little bitch Skywalker yeah, kid. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing how uh, even though those stories are told out of order, they're told in a way that it's like this is the order they need to be told in. Yeah. 
uh, although people make up their make up their own orders all the time. Now you want to throw in like a Rogue One or something like that, uh, or it's like a side piece movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what? I'm gonna watch Rogue One and then watch Episode Four, but it's like I don't know. It's it's it can be strange when you try to. Uh, Billy D. He has this hatchet order that is like all. All jangled up. <laughs> it's like you gotta watch episode four and five, then you gotta watch one, two, and three, and then you go to six. Where does Rogue One fit? I don't know. Is anyone watching Solo in any of this? No. 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 <laughs> Absolutely not. Nobody cares. That's a bummer. <laughs> I, I guarantee you they will slowly just try to bury that entire movie. Yeah, it, it's gonna go the way of the holiday special. Yep. Yeah. People will find it eventually. People will gravitate towards shit. Uh, like Cr- flies. Cremella asks. What up, Cremella? What are Drew and your favorite soundtracks? And I mean this question as separate from the film score as possible. So no Blade Runner or The Thing. I'm, like, like, okay, I got you. I'm a big fan of singles, Almost Famous, mm-hmm. Lost Boys, Saturday Night Fever, Top Gun, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Boogie Nights, Pulp Fiction, Train Spotting, and Vanilla Sky, to name a few. Do modern movies utilize soundtracks in the way they used to? They don't. That's for sure. I agree with that, 100%. Yeah, there's no more. Um, it's rare now when that happens. You see it most with um, hip-hop. So there's the, there are the Black Panther soundtracks that Kendrick yeah. Lamar curated yeah. and the um, Spider-Verse mm-hmm. soundtrack yep. that, that has like the soundtrack and then the score. Yeah. Those are really the only two, and they both happen to be hip-hop, which is interesting. Um, the Crow. Yeah, that was a big one definitely. for us. Mm-hmm. The Crow 2 had a great one that was even better than the, the shitty movie. Um, it's funny he mentions Pulp Fiction. That was a huge one for me. I listened to that soundtrack over and over and over. And because of the timing, I was like 13, 14. Yeah. Got me into like Al Green and Dusty mm-hmm. Springfield and shit. And like listening to more. My, my mom loved that. Was she happy about me being a fan of Pulp Fiction? I no. don't know about that. But, <laughs> Probably not. But when I was like, oh, listen to Al Green. She's like, oh, yeah, okay. He's a reverend. That's good. Reverend <laughs> Al Green. That's good stuff. Um,. What else? What do you, uh, I mean, yeah, it's definitely stuff from the 90s, right? I mean, for me, yeah. Uh, the Spawn soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, the, the Matrix soundtrack. Those mm. were... Judgment Night. Both huge for me. You know, the And only because, you know, I was just getting into electronic music. Yeah. So it was a mixture of stuff that I was listening to with electronic music. Yeah, it's very, it's so. very, very funny how... Uh, it was like all that stuff was right in our wheelhouse for that time. Yeah. But if it came out now, would I be into it? Yeah, maybe not. Right. I mean, in all reality, the Spawn soundtrack was infinitely um, better than the movie. The so. Drive soundtrack has yeah. some uh, songs that, on it that's not well. I mean, like used as score, but there are. Uh, I mean, there are definitely some. Or occasional. There are there, there are soundtracks as a whole. I have a problem with. Normally, it's just like one or two songs from a soundtrack that really stand out for sure. me. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... Um, like like Red Hot Chili Peppers' Soul to Squeeze is on the Conehead soundtrack. Exactly. Ain't me, I'm going to be bumping the Conehead soundtrack no, 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 driving no. around town. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, um, uh, Nine Inch Nails' song, The Perfect Drug. That song's you amazing. The Perfect Drug. It's, and on it's the from Lost the Highway. Lost Highway soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is an okay soundtrack, actually, itself. But yeah, also um, uh, their cover. S- of... Sammy Hagar's Heavy Metal from classic Heavy Metal soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Heavy Metal. Heavy sure. Metal. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. That's all good stuff. Uh, the, there's a DMX song off of the Belly soundtrack that I still listen to, even though, the, again, mo- even though the movie and the soundtrack aren't that good. Yeah. Uh, the Life Aquatic. Steve Zissou. Um, All that Sue's your stuff that came from that. That's true. Very good. That's true. The, uh, Wes Anderson, his soundtracks, his 
album like the scores it's oh, a mix yeah, of like yeah. mark mother's ball original stuff and then like ramones and the kinks and, i mean and, and the uh, like the that. i heard huckabee soundtrack by john bryan fuck i couldn't tell you how many times i listened to that right but that one it's like the whole thing it's both like the original stuff and the the few pop things the yeah. uh the rushmore soundtrack uh listen now how out of that thing still do yeah. actually and there are video game soundtracks too Yes, I mean, the Tony Hawk soundtrack changed my life. Yes, those are big. The, the Grand Theft Auto, all the 2K games, the Grand Theft Auto games. Yes, all yeah. the stuff they play on those radio stations. And m- more recently, uh, like kind of a Grand Theft Auto clone. It was called Sleeping Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That that got me into the new version of electronic music. Oh, that's where I first heard Bonobo and Tycho and things like that. There so. you go. And that's why bands like get in their stuff in those games because yeah. then uh, people are like, "What is this?" No, exactly. And look up on the NBA games; they'll just straight up say on the bottom, "Will pop up like by this uh, person, this artist with like the full uh, credits and everything." Mm-hmm. That's a coup to be able to get that kind of uh, exposure. Yeah. We got to write a song and get it on the NBA. Game. <laughs> seems easy. They do it. Why can't we do they it? Do it all the time. They do it all the time. Why can't we do it? Um, Okay, there you go. A lot of soundtracks out there. Some good stuff. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the cyberpunk soundtracks. It's going to be fucking crazy. Sure it is, yeah. It looks cool, so it's got to have a cool sound. Yeah. Well, they already got, uh, I mean, I told you a while ago, but the the main band in there is a band called, uh, so Keanu Reeves' character in the game is called Johnny Silverhand, Mm -hmm. and his band is all original songs, but the actual band it's the refused. So, oh, fun! <laughs> I like the refused. Yeah, I like them very much. That's very good. It's like when they got back to do a sex bomb. Mm-hmm. It's got the worst of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, that's it for the questions in the Facebook group. Thanks, guys. We appreciate it so uh, much I for mean, the questions. And not really movie soundtrack, but mm-hmm. fucking Death Clock. I mean, oh yeah, TV show soundtrack. That that went from fake band to real band that I actually saw tour. Yeah, the action. So actual, <laughs> it's, like, it's like Spinal Tap. Yeah. Big Weird, Bottoms. It's like, I'm actually singing the Big Bottoms song. <laughs> that was a joke song. I'm singing it. That's what I'm saying. I'm sitting yeah. there singing Mermaider and I'm like, yeah. what is going on here? Mermaid's song. Mer- songs about mermaid murder. <laughs> mermaid murder. <laughs> um, Drewster Cogburn. I have, let's see here, 23 Three headlines. Oh my god! Uh, But before we even get into those, this is hysterical. I saw posted to moviecitynews.com. Okay, uh, where I had to copy and paste it because the original post has been taken down. From and I just lost. I just deleted the email. All right. End of the episode. Entertainmentcareers.net. Okay. Okay. Personal assistant to influencer. Here's a job posting. Um, It's a part-time job. Okay. So only part-time, Drew. Okay. A well-known celebrity slash influencer with 10 plus million followers is seeking a well-organized, available, diligent personal assistant to join her team. Okay. Okay. This is a part-time, reiterated, personal assistant position, Mm -hmm. but will eventually transfer to full-time if properly qualified. The ideal candidate will be responsible for a large range of activities and projects, which will assist this organization's leadership. In this position, you should feel comfortable planning, managing calendar activities, being on property around eight hours a day, cleaning, cooking, communicating with producer, videographer, editor, manager, all stylists, cleaning services, other celebrities, friends, researching, preparing for all pre-production, production, and post-production activities, handling all personal tasks for the YouTuber, etc. 
So for eight hours a day, how many days a week part-time? What? Uh, well, you have to answer sense. your phone, be on call almost 24-7. You must keep all emotion, private life matters completely away from this world. You will deal with lots of incredibly private matters. You must be able to... Uh, or you must be able to handle hundreds of small tasks at once. You must be able to be the bad guy, remove emotion, handle intense conversations, and bounce back instantly from any mistakes without emotion. Actually, you'd be pretty good for that part. Well, I have no emotion. You must remain sober. There we go. Ooh, <laughs> not gonna happen. Yet social and inviting in very high-profile environments. You cannot take photos, post on social media, or be be seem driven by fame. Once the pandemic is over, you must be willing to travel anywhere at any time. Fuck you <laughs> very much, you entitled <laughs> asswipe. Is that something? For a YouTuber, a YouTube influencer. Uh, probably like unboxing makeup videos or something. But you guys do all that stuff. No fucking thank you. So it's a little it's a little much. Um, not posted is the um, the rate. Yeah, maybe, because... Maybe it's, maybe it's a fantastic pay rate. Oh, highly doubt that. Highly doubt that, too. I highly doubt that very, very much. It sounds like a shit job uh, taking advantage of... Um, Someone in a desperate situation. Someone in a desperate situation trying to break into an industry that honestly shouldn't even exist. If you listened to our show last week, let me see, the show came out like Sunday afternoon. So if you listened to it Sunday that day or Monday, that's like 20% of our audience maybe okay. did it on those first two days. Then you got the scoop before the story finally broke on Tuesday. Remember I mentioned it, Drew? Shane Kruth putting mm-hmm. his own uh, shit on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, tweeting a picture a quote accidentally totally on purpose a picture of restraining order from his former girlfriend Amy Simons and uh, star of his movie Upstream Color uh, a restraining order for a, a, a hearing set this week mm-hmm. for the past week mm-hmm. the article has come out variety article Upstream Color director Shane Carruth accused of abusing ex-girlfriend Actress and director Amy Simons has obtained a temporary restraining order against her ex-boyfriend, accusing him of years of mental, emotional, and physical abuse. On one occasion in 2016, Simons alleges that Carruth jumped on her in a hotel room and strangled her until she struggled to breathe. She also alleges that he continued to harass and abuse her since she broke up with him in 2018. Uh, credits, credits, credits. We'll talk about the tweet that went out last weekend. She filed for the order on June 12th. Uh, saying that his messages have become increasingly disturbing and she was terrified of him. In a May 15th message, which is attached to her request, Karuth said, You are Shiva, the goddess of death. I see you. I will know when it's time for you to be done. You should be scared. You don't know what I'm going to do. You should be scared. What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the application, Simon said... A private investigator conducted a threat assessment report and found that Kruth posed a moderate to high level of threat. A forensic psychologist consulted on the report noted that Kruth had demonstrated fixation and had made direct homicidal threats attached to the report, which were attached to her filings. Yes. So now I'm saying, scoop guys, don't be shocked when the director of Upstream Color and Primer uh, is next in the news for killing this girl and then killing himself. Uh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. is how it is, uh-huh. man. Yep. These people will demonstrate these behaviors. Uh, you do as much as you can within the law. In this case, it's final restraining order. What, how is that piece of paper going to keep him from her? I mean, All it does is like give the cops a reason to come and arrest him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. 
So in the meantime, he sh- walks up to her house and, and fucking kills her yeah. or something like that. Yep. And it happened here. Remember uh, five years ago, some girl got killed in a parking lot of her job over by UCF uh, by some dude. And then it turns out she was a former Hooters waitress and he was a customer who was obsessed with her and oh, was harassing Jesus. her. And he, she, she did the restraining order deal and he, he just rolled up on her in a parking lot, killed her and then killed himself. Sounds about right. Uh, dudes are gross and bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And when they don't get their way, it, it gets even worse. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. Well, uh, uh. yeah. Um, Only some of them. <laughs> in a December 2018 email, also attached to her filing, he wrote, You want to fight me? Bring it. I will kill you. Why do people. I don't understand why people get so obsessed with other people. So entitled about it, too. And yeah, like, yeah, like, you are mine. Mm-hmm. Fucking excuse me? Like, whoa. <laughs> it's, it's obviously it's turned bad. In August 2019, she pled with him to stop contacting her, according to, again, the emails that she saved. In response, he wrote, I know exactly where your house is. You'll never beat me. Later, he Ooh. said, understand how dangerous you are making this encounter. Ooh, no. Uh, no. You are making this encounter, homeboy. Oh, you. my God. All right, cool, creepy dudes. I know, that sucks. Now I'm just going through this uh, update here from Tuesday. The hearing was held via telephone. Kruth Dalden interrupted the judge at least a dozen times, Mm -hmm. even after being repeatedly admonished to be quiet. Unable to mute his line, judge continued the hearing to August 21st, so it could be held either in person or via video. Um, So Kruth derailed the hearing and got it delayed. Um, Simon's attorney informed the judge that Kruth had violated the order to have no contact with Simon 20 times since the last hearing on July 6th. So yeah, right. so, yeah, he's gonna, yeah, he's gonna do something very bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she needs to get a far, as far away from him as she possibly can. I want man. And recently, I was like, man, I need to rewatch Upstream Color. It's been a while since I can't watch that, <laughs> that movie. Watches that this dude abuse this woman, abuse this poor woman. Anyway, I have to find another alter director to throw my millions at. When I finally make them. <laughs> yeah. Not going to be that douchebag. Um, moving on to uh, some uh, lighter news. Uh, actually, a warning for the next these stories. It's going to bounce back and forth. <laughs> it's going to be really crazy. Chris Jericho is going to play the Gator Chaser in a Kevin Smith horror film. Okay. Yep. Uh, Chris Jericho, master of reinvention. Still out there doing it. Still a, a top drawing performer on TV every week on AEW. Uh, get into something. He's also cool. done successfully the the band, mm-hmm. uh, Fozzie, mm-hmm. uh, Fozzie Osborne, and uh, now he's getting some movies. It's an anthology movie apparently, okay. so he'll be in a small section of it. Speaking of horror films, Halloween Kills had a working title called Mob Rules. Ooh. So Danny McBride clarifies that the what the movie is going to be about is all right. So Halloween happened. There's a killer. It's caused a big ruckus. So now how, how does the town, how does Haddonfield respond? Uh, and then he revealed, to give you an idea, our working title was Mob Rules. So that's what the crux of the second Halloween movie is going to be in this new trilogy. Um, like town mass hysteria and stuff yeah. like that. And, uh, sounds like fun. Sounds like kind of uh, what we're living through. Mm-hmm. So, sounds accurate to, uh, to the day, to what's happening now. Um, I love these stories where... Actors talk about old movies they did or older, and they're like, "Man, this that was bad." Like at the time, like, "Oh yeah, it's gonna be a great movie. Go see it." And then two years later, like, "Fuck that guy." Mm-hmm. Like what's happening now with Joss Whedon and all that? Yeah. Um, X Men: The Last Stand. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going back. <laughs> we're going back to this one. To the first abortion. <laughs> <laughs> the first of many. 
um, that one, Brian Singer left X-Men to make Superman Returns, and Fox, instead of waiting for him to shoot that movie and then come back, just hired Brett Ratner mm-hmm. so they could stick to their schedule. Vinnie Jones, the soccer player, played Juggernaut because he was getting into acting mm-hmm. in the 2000s. He says, I love the role, but hopefully you can put it fucking right here, mate. I should read it. It's fucking right here, mate. I basically got mugged off. <laughs> mugged off. Matthew Vaughn signed him. Because, yeah, Matthew Vaughn yeah. was attached for like a week. Where he signed him and Kelsey Grammer as Beast. Matthew Vaughn signed me up. And it was a great role and a great script. And Juggernaut was a great character. I signed up for three of them. And that will show you how serious I was about it. Brett Ratner basically dissolved the character. I was in my fucking trailer half the time. It's one of the most disappointing jobs I've been on as far as, you know, what am I doing here? Uh, it was the same Juggernaut that I signed on for. They took his storyline away. They took his character away. His dialogue. I had two big meetings. Uh, Brett said, yeah, yeah, it's coming. They're writing stuff for you as we speak, and it never fucking happened. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett Ratner has since responded, where he was like, I had no time. We had no time for Juggernaut. I was on a deadline. I was thrown into a situation. Side character. So it was, the, the character was what it was. Uh, couldn't do anything about it. So that movie was a real, yeah. real mess. Real mess. Of, real mess of a clusterfuck. But then uh, this last one comes out. I'm like, it wasn't really that bad. Should I go back and watch it? Uh, it, it was equally as bad, probably. It was equally as bad? Yeah. Maybe only slightly why, worse. Why can't they get... I mean, sometimes they get them right. Every once in a while. They get bits and pieces, so but not str- as a whole. So strange. It is truly strange. Um, Comic-Con at home this mm-hmm. year. They had the virtual uh, conventions, and it is deemed to be a bust. No single Comic-Con panel had more than like 15,000 views. Mm-hmm. Um, the Their tweets, year-to-year tweets with Comic-Con uh, hashtags was down 93% from year-to-year. Duh. Duh, right? I mean, this is inevitable. So they went uh, virtual, and it really didn't work out that well. Oh, yeah. I mean, half of the reason why social media explodes about Comic-Con is because only X amount of people can go. Yes. And everybody else wants to and cannot. Yes. So they're starving for information. So if everyone can go, nobody is starving for information and nobody gives a fuck. No one cares. Now, now it's just a press release. Yeah. The 15,000 views that these panels are getting, that's more than can fit in any of those halls. Hall yeah. H is their biggest hall in San Diego. Uh, so yeah, you're absolutely right. It's um, They took something that's exclusive and they made it for everyone and now it's not cool. Mm-hmm. If it's for everyone, no one wants it. Exactly. I want the exclusive shit. Yes. Get me into the Citrus Club, motherfucker. I want in because he can't be here. Yes. I want in because I, I will not be a member of any club that will have me as a member. I am therefore... Oh, and because I am here, I am therefore better than every person who is not. Exactly. That's the whole point. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Zack Snyder. Confirms. Let me see here. Oh, first off. Zack Snyder confirms he had no say in who was going to replace him for Justice League. Mm-hmm. He does confirm that it was his and his wife's idea to step away because um, she produces everything. Snyder. Um, he, and, it, and it's something that he sh- probably should have done years before. Maybe. Well, <laughs> it was precipitated. It was precipitated. Is that the right word? It was done because of the suicide no, of one of his kids, right? No. So, and then he tried staying on and he couldn't do it. So yeah, he, he, he tried to work through it. Tried to work through it, couldn't do it. Um, Joss Whedon, though, was not his choice hmm. um, to, to succeed him. I mean, it's almost like the it's almost like the total 
other opposite side of the coin. Exactly. <laughs> and then he confirms for his Justice League that he's completing. It's costing HBO like thirty million or Warner thirty million to do it. Uh, confirms there will not be a single frame of Joss Whedon's. Anything he shot will no. be in this movie. So now I'm like, shit. I'm God damn it. I'm going to watch this fucking movie. No, I'm going to have to. Not even that. I'm definitely watching the Snyder Cut. <laughs> I have to rewatch the Justice so League. So I know what's cut out. Because I've only seen it the one time. Yeah. I have no desire to go back to no. it. So now it's like homework. Like, no, okay. Now I got to see what's different. Oh, every scene where Ben Affleck is fat. All right. That's those <laughs> are the Josh Whedon scenes. So like 90% of the movie. He's like, I got to come back. <laughs> oh, I'm halfway through this cheesecake. <laughs> Um, so yeah, a couple confirmations from Zack Snyder there. The uh, Universal and AMC struck a huge deal sending uh, waves through the movie business side of Hollywood. Universal, so there's movies coming in theaters, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a 90-day window that has been agreed to for a long time now, yep. where when a movie comes out, it'll play in theaters for 90 days exclusively before it is available in any sort of rental capacity. Um, and then there's like another window where then it's like a premium price for the rental and then at the same time movies go into like second run theaters mm. this is a whole structured thing Universal they dropped Trolls online they put uh, a couple movies that they just skipped theaters um, King of Staten Island um, and then when they did that AMC it was like well we're the biggest theater chain in the world your movies aren't playing in our chains as long as uh, you're doing this VOD shit mm-hmm. Smash cut to now, this week. Deal has been struck that honestly really only benefits Universal, where they lowered that 90-day window to 17 days. Okay. You went from three months to not even three weeks for Universal movies. So that means when Fast 9 comes out next year, not even three weeks later, it'll be available for a $20 VOD rental. Um, AMC is getting reportedly a 10% cut of those premium VODs. So that's how they agreed to it. Well, they're they're trying to cut their losses in the short game, Chris. Yes. They know that for the next couple of years, people are going to be iffy about going to the theaters because yes. of the coronavirus. They're trying to get ahead so, of that. And they did get that cash infusion to help yeah. them stay solvent through the end of next year. But yes, they have to figure out what they're going to do because shit ain't going to get to... There's no more normal. Shit, no. People aren't going to go back to movie theaters though in crowds. Two years minimum. Yeah. 2022 probably is when people finally be like, oh, we're vaccinated, we're good to go. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, uh, you know, it's just uh, we go to the theater and we die and we just accept it. I mean... Like, I'm choosing to see my last movie. I oh mean... My oh, my God. The phone system is freaking out over here. I mean, I will choose Tenet as my last movie if it comes down to it. If that's the way it works. I mean, that's the way it's going to work. <laughs> I mean, we may find out about a month here. <laughs> I'm, Labor Day weekend. I am willing to make the sacrifice, Chris. Okay. <laughs> All right. You heard it here first. Um, a video went around. That got leaked to Twitter, and uh, it was the Universal opening. It's been circulating amongst all the other studios. It's a Universal opening logo of the the Earth and the and the Universal things coming around. But as it's revealed around the globe, instead of saying Universal, it says "fuck you." <laughs> Big fuck you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's how all their studios think about uh-huh. They are angry. And so's um I don't think Regal's happy either because they're not getting on that VOD cut. Yeah. Which is actually not Regal. Uh, Cineworld is the, the big company. I mean, they'll take the hit in the short run, but in the long run, the way that it was working is the better deal for yes, these companies. Yes, for, for the exhibitors. Yeah. You're, again, 
exclusivity. It's well, all about that exclusivity. Yeah, well, and, and here's the thing, too. Out of all of them, the AMC, AMC is the most strapped for cash. So they're basically doing this as like a knee-jerk reaction. Like, we yeah. need to stay a fucking live. Yeah, we need to do something to, to stick around. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Werner Herzog is doing an astronomy documentary. It's going to be called Fireball, and it will be available on Apple TV Plus. Damn it. Yes. <laughs> so uh, we'll never be seeing that. But it's about shooting stars, meteorites, all kinds of stuff. Say scream across the sky <laughs> in pain. <laughs> we are reminded of the infinitesimal nothingness that is us as humankind. Oh, my battery's dying. That's not good. Uh, we have to fly through some of these. Terry Gilliam was going to make a movie based on a Stanley Kubrick idea. But okay. the pandemic uh, put a pause on all of that. Uh, the idea was... Uh, where is uh, Yeah, the cast and everything. A script. Blocked and ruined it. Uh, Lunatic at Large. 70-page treatment based on a Kubrick idea. Um, commissioned in the 1950s. Or based on a short story from the 1950s. And it's about uh, set in New York, 1956. The story tells us a story of Johnny Shepard, a former carnival worker with serious anger management issues, and Joyce, a nervous, attractive barfly he picks up in a Hopper-esque tavern scene. There's a newsboy who flashes a pretentious headline, a car chase over a railroad crossing with a train bearing down, and a romantic interlude in a spooky, deserted mountain lodge. Sounds like a hell of a, hell of a story. I'd say it sounds like... Uh... Joker meets True Romance 1950-something. It does, <laughs> it does right? Um, Peter Shinkoda, uh, one of the actors from Daredevil, uh, claims racism, anti-Asian comments coming from Jeff Loeb during the production of the Netflix series. Okay. Right, just putting that out there. Okay. That his, he had a whole storyline that got cut, and oh. then this dude was making comments about Asians all the time. Well, and, I mean... Amongst I, other uh, bad... Just, he, he's a comic book executive. He, I guarantee you he doesn't have the greatest worldview. Yeah, he's just a gross white guy. <laughs> um, Seth I, Rob- mean, I mean, he's a great writer. He yeah. makes some really oh, good sure. stories. Oh, sure, sure. Some, but, some of them do, yeah. Uh, garbage human being, but, I'm sure. Not, not good people. Yeah. Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, high school buddies, producing Titans... Are now working on a uh, uh, a story for it's a streaming service story I think um, a gay hustler docudrama oh, it's an adaptation of a documentary I'm sorry Scotty and the Secret Life of Hollywood it's about this dude who was like a, a fixer for closeted gay actors in the 50s all the way up to the 80s and he helped facilitate a lot of uh, he was like a, yeah. a pimp essentially yeah gay love connection they are producing it and Luca Guadagnino is going to direct it cool. so so Seth Rogen team up with Luca Guadagnino that's interesting speaking of Seth Rogen we might have something to watch next week American Pickle yeah yeah looking forward to American Pickle that's going to be comes good comes out on Thursday nice yeah we'll definitely review that next week spoiler for next week we're reviewing American Pickle <laughs> um Someone did a study on actors and their carbon footprints left on by single films, single film only. Oh, I don't think you are. For the last uh, 10, 15 years, the actor and movie that resulted in the biggest carbon footprint was Leonardo DiCaprio in Inception. Okay. For all the flying around and all that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that burned a lot of A lot of fossil fuels. Uh, Um, This poll doesn't seem to take into account what these actors do outside of these trips to compensate, you know, because you can do that. Uh, You can try to um, offset your carbon footprint. Well, I mean, 
that sounds like something Leonardo DiCaprio would be doing. He's already is doing. He's a super green activist, but then oh. he also flies around the road on his private jets. Well, yeah, yeah, things. yeah. But, but he flies around in the private jets so he can help other people not fly around in their private jets. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to convince him to not do it. Do what I say, not as I do. It's good for me, but not for you guys. Um, Tom Cruise, Doug Lyman. They added another team member to their space action movie team. Okay. And that's Christopher McQuarrie, his uh, Mission Impossible Jack Reacher buddy, right? Fun. Doug Lyman is for sure writing and directing it, so I guess McQuarrie is just producing. They had a, I guess, a Zoom call with Universal. No script. Just, no, just Tom Cruise's exuberance secured them $200 million yeah. to make this movie. Yeah. So they got it. it yeah. it's, this thing is fucking happening. I'm sure Tom Cruise is putting up a decent amount of his own money without it's us hard, knowing it's it. Put up a, yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> no, because maybe he is, but then he's gonna, out of the 200, but he's, he's getting paid 30 well, no, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So he's like, listen, I'll put up a little bit. He's a producer. He's yeah. getting money on the back end. Mm-hmm. When it makes a billion dollars yeah. is when he gets paid. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is fascinating. Constantine, the uh, Akiva uh-huh. Goldsman is the screenwriter on it. Uh, he has a very spotty track record. They shot that movie to be a PG-13. It got an wow. R- and it got an R rating. Wow, that's a hard PG-13, bud. Well, what happened, what happened was they, they were like, mandated. This has to be PG-13. They're like, fine, we'll do it. We have the rules. These are one fuck. No I mean, blood. You can't do all these things. It was things. all, yeah. I mean, there, there is no blood. It's all fantasy violence. There's no sex. It's pretty fucked up fantasy violence, Const- though. Constantine, a uh, comic book character known for smoking cigarettes, yep. right? Does he smoke in that? Yeah, he does. Okay. that's Vaguely. Vaguely, But not though. much, though. No. Uh, they, within 10 minutes of the movie starting, the MPA, the, they put their notebooks down, and they're like, this is getting an R for tone. Yeah. Strictly for tone. Yeah. Um, Akiva Goldsman thinks if you want your movie to be R, throw in some demons. Because he thinks that's where it went when you get to spirituality and that kind of stuff, yeah. like heaven and hell demon stuff. Yeah. And, and it's a dark tone itself, the movie. They could not rescue it in any way to make it a PG-13. That's fine. I like, I, I liked it anyway. That, well, that's the, the thing, the rest, the rest of the world seems to hate that movie. I fucking love it. Yeah, it has its, <laughs> it its fans. It's a, I mean, I like it too. I'm, but, I'm a fan. But if they were going to get hit with that R... He's like, then we would have gone for oh, it. Oh God, it would have been. We would have. That made, could have been like, yeah, way more fun if we could have been <laughs> allowed to make an R-rated concert team. We yeah. would have done it. So it's an interesting case of uh, they they got kind of screwed in a weird way. But yeah, I mean, one of the best portrayals in the devil of the devil on oh, yeah. film, hands down. Peter Stormare. Oh God. Uh, uh, Tilda <laughs> Swinton as uh, Michael or Gabriel. 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 Uh, Jimon Honsu pops up for yeah. like a as like a voodoo priest. Yeah, like a brewery <laughs> witch doctor. Yeah, dude. Fucking awesome. Um, Jordan Peele. Issa Rae. Teaming up for a sci-fi-ish thriller. I don't know how you describe this. Universal Pictures. Um, they may just be producing. I don't know what's going on. If she's going to star in it. Based on a short story called Sinkhole. It's about a sinkhole that opens up in a family's backyard. And they've discovered that when you throw something into it, like a broken item into the sinkhole, it comes back fixed. Perfect. Wah, wah. So, so what happens? So someone has a broken arm or is disabled. What or happens whatever. when a person falls into the hole? Not good things. And they come back, quote, perfect or whatever. No, they come back even more broken, Chris, yeah, I'm yeah. sure. So actually, it's a great, yeah. that's a great premise. Um, looking forward to it very much. And uh, it's not becoming from Universal, eventually. I'm down. Bad things. That's all I can say. Bad from, things happen. Jordan P. Yeah, bad that'd things. be bad things. Um, Night Bitch is a book. Coming out next year. Okay. 
same time being adapted into a movie starring Amy Adams about a housewife, a mom, who thinks she's turning into a wolf or a dog. She's turning into a dog. And, uh... Okay. Yeah. Sure. And the title is Night Bitch. Okay. Why not? I think that sounds fun. Yeah. I think it sounds good. That's fine. What, uh, was, what, what was that weird-ass movie that Amy Adams was in? Sounds a lot like Night Bitch. Um, Same tone, for whatever reason. Why can't I think of it? I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, about turning into an animal of some no, sort? No, just Amy Adams being really fucking weird well, in the there, movie. Well, there's that one where she like witnessed the murder, but then they gaslit her and something like, you didn't see, you saw someone else. A girl in the window or something? No, there's also the one. girl in the... Oh, no, it's someone else. There's a lot of movies about girls going crazy. They're all based on books. Um, man, this battery, my battery is about to die, and we're coming up on an hour and 30 minutes here, so let's just, uh, you know what? I think we finally got it here. Here we go. Again, one eight 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 five 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 film Let's uh, let's see if I got this right. You said hit the pickup Nocturnal button. Animals. Oh, you yeah. You remember that fucking weird-ass movie? The Tom Ford movie. I was thinking about that like a week ago. I was like, how come Tom Ford hasn't made another movie since then? He makes good movies. That and uh, Simple Man? Um, all right, so you said the pickup button, right? All right, guy, here we go. Cinema Crest, a caller, you're on the air. Hello? Hello, caller? Hello, can you hear me? Hi. Hello? Hello? Hello, are you there? Hello? Can you, can you hear us? Drew, can you hear us? Is this Cinema Crest, Batista? Yes! Yes, this is. Do you have a, you have a question, sir? Ah, oh, God. I spent all our Patreon money. No, no. I spent all our Patreon monies on this phone system. We're back to zero dollars. All right. Well, I mean, at least we. I mean, actually, we're going to be in debt because we need to buy some garbage bags to throw this shit away. It does take up half the room. I don't know why there's so much equipment in here. It's it's hot in here. This thing is hot. It's like so. We're in the hole again. Uh, we're, in, we're in the hole. Patreon.com slash Crespedisa. Please give us money. Uh, also, our boat has a leak, so if we're gonna get back to international waters, we need your help, guys. Patreon.com slash Crespedisa. Please sign up. Cinema Crespedisa gmail.com. Email us Crespedisa on Twitter. Follow us Cinema Crespedisa Facebook group. Join the group. Although you should, honestly, you should probably delete your Facebook account. That's actually a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with that. Facebook is bad, guys. Mm-hmm. Leave your accounts. But if you're not going to do that, then join the Facebook group. Um, and we will give you uh, sweet tidings of good cheer. Um, Jurassic Iron. Chris Crespo. This is going to be the end of the episode. All right. So thank you, sir. You're welcome. And you are welcome, listeners, for this week's show. Remember uh, that Black Lives Matter. Arrest the cops that uh, kill Breonna Taylor because they're murdering pigs. Uh, kill your masters. Eat the rich. Take care. Bye-bye. A PFT Media Production.